The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? Arjo Joey here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy safe, healthy, and that you had a very happy and are continuing to have a very happy Thanksgiving with your family. Uh, we are, of course, streaming live. It is our Dallas Cowboys postgame show on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel, the Blog on the Boys Facebook page. You can watch us on either one of those platforms. You can always listen to this after the fact on the Blog on the Boys podcast network. If you are watching or if you are listening, you might have noticed that I look and sound a little bit different. Uh, my wife, my beautiful, wonderful, perfect wife, gave birth to our son, Yesterday, on Wednesday, November 24th, he is our first child. We are very excited. Uh, Mom and baby are doing very well. Thank you to everyone who has tweeted and texted and sent some thoughts. Uh, But uh, it's made for a hectic Thanksgiving, obviously, what with the restrictions of our current times. Uh, Just a family show uh, that we have going on, my wife, my son, and I. uh, Here at the hospital, that's where I am. I'm outside of the hospital in the car because the Dallas Cowboys don't stop on Thanksgiving Day. And I know that... uh, you know, they lost and it's unfortunate. So it's a little bit of a different postgame show considering that I'm in the car. We don't know exactly how stable the internet is. We don't know exactly how everything's going to go. I'm using my AirPods as opposed to our professional audio equipment. Uh, and in the event that my computer or car or whatever decide to completely and totally uh, malfunction, we have brought in one of the very best from bloggingtheboys.com, the Blogging the Boys podcast network. It is Tony Catalina to join me tonight on our Dallas Cowboys postgame show. Tony, first of all, happy Thanksgiving to you, to your family. I hope it went well. You as well. Happy Thanksgiving. You had a little more of an exciting day than I did. I can tell you that. Yeah, it's been a a crazy um, at this point. um, He was born at 8.35 p.m. Central Time on Wednesday. So we're coming up on the 24-hour anniversary of that. Appreciate those of you in the comments uh, and your congratulations. Um, and I will I will take no offense to uh, your vitriol if you want to start showering it uh, in the comment section. We talk about it all the time, Tony. We're, we're here to celebrate. We're here to commiserate regarding the Dallas Cowboys and what happened. Um, and uh, the Dallas Cowboys played on Thanksgiving Day against the Las Vegas Raiders. Entering this game, we've been talking about it on our shows, uh, losing two out of their previous three games. We said, you don't have to go out and impress us. You just have to go out. You have to win. You have to find a way. This this is a short week for you. It's a short week for them. But you're the one who's used to it. You're the one who knows the rhymes and the rhythms of playing on Thanksgiving. Be that elite offense. We know that Amari Cooper's out. We know that Noah Brown is out. Noah Brown. We know that C.D. Lamb is out. Uh, but uh, Tyron Smith is back. And Micah Parsons is a superstar. So you have to find a way to get it done. And that did not happen. The Dallas Cowboys falling in overtime 
uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders, 36 to 33. We have a lot of thoughts, obviously, to get to, Tony. Before we do, uh, a big thank you to our super chatter, F Kit Crunch, or Crutch, excuse me. Thank you very much. I've been super positive lately, but we lost three of four games and we can't even beat half a decent team. So, Tony, I think that's a great place to start. Um, the panic is starting to set in. And it was last Sunday. I say last, like it was 10 days ago. Uh, but on Sunday after Dallas lost at Kansas City, but we bargained, we reasoned with ourselves. We said, you know what? This is a team that's been in the Super Bowl the last two years, et cetera. And I even said, I know I said on shows and tweeted it, if they lose to the Raiders, I will start to panic. Uh, so your comments, your questions, if you're with us on our postgame show live, Tony, are you panicking? Is it fair to panic as I uh, turn up the air condition because it's a little warm in here? Uh, I'm a, I'm a little panicked to be honest with you. I, I, from the jump, I always thought this stretch was going to be the toughest stretch we had on the season. And, uh, you know, eight and three looks a lot better than seven and four and the way we've been going about doing it. It's not just the losses. It's how we're losing. Um, we are officially in that it's, it's, it might be a little time to, you know, head scratch and panic in time because it, it's like I said, just a second ago, it's, it's not really the fact that we're losing. It's how we're losing the style, the fashion of it. It just doesn't look good. And I'm a positive person. You know, I try to think positively. I know reinforcements are coming, but this is a game you have to win. So uh, a couple of comments I want to get to here in the comments, Tony. Uh, first of all, Steve says on Facebook, you better be panicked. The Eagles are licking their chops. And I agree. And the narrative of the moment is going to get away from all of us. The narrative is going to take off. People are going to say the Eagles are going to win this division. The Eagles are coming in. The Eagles have the New York Giants on Sunday. We'll obviously see what happens. What I will say is that the teams that the Eagles are winning against and having success against, with the exception of the Denver Broncos, the Dallas Cowboys still get to play. Um, so you still have that coming. But – um, Tony, I think the concern is, okay, fine. We'll, we'll beat the trash saints, uh, a week from tonight on Thursday night football. Uh, we'll beat Washington. Maybe we'll beat New York, but this, you know, this was a team, Tony, that I thought I'm now I'm random guy. I thought we were going to beat the Buccaneers in the wild card round or the divisional round or whatever the case may be. Now they're just looking like, you know, a slightly above average team. That's going to win a bad division and maybe be a first round exit from the playoffs. You know, I, it's funny you say that, like talking like average Cowboys fan, like this is a team we should beat. I'm at the point now personally where I, I don't feel that comfortable speaking about teams anymore. They had over the last month, they haven't shown us that 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 is this type of team. I mean, now we got to start wondering when we saw them win, you know, went on the winning streak. Is that more who they are or what we're seeing now more who they are? Because we've seen, you know, both sides of the coin now and. My, you know, my confidence level is shaking a little bit. I mean, I understand that people are coming back and I understand we played shorthanded for most of this, but it, it, sitting there, we were, you know, one loss and, and then quickly now we're seven and four. So that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I think, you know, um, they're. You know, I was so upset with the Broncos loss because I, I maintain that the Broncos are frauds. I don't think they're a good team, uh, but the Cowboys breathed life into their fraudulency by losing to them the way that they did. And I kind of believe that to a different degree with the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs are back. I don't think the Chiefs offense is legit, um, you know, but they beat the Cowboys. And so now everybody's kind of hyping up the Chiefs. That's what happens when you beat the Cowboys. This is a bad Raiders team. This is a really bad Raiders team. It should not have been this close. I know we're all upset because it went to overtime and, you know, Dak Prescott had the bad throw to Noah Brown, etc. This game could have been won in the first half. This game should not have gotten to this point. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, but, I mean, 
it's Nick says it well here on Facebook. It's embarrassing. I mean, it really is. This is like we we Tony, we all said this is different. This season is different. This season feels special. We're ready to trust. We're ready to believe that has not been the case. Um, let's let's start with our winners and losers, Tony, that we do here on our postgame show. And we have to start with the losers. Uh, we do have two winners. I think they're rather obvious and we'll celebrate them in a little bit, although I know nobody wants to do that. Um, I hate, I mean, I really hate to start here. And if you have watched me or listened to me in any capacity, I am not somebody who believes that the NFL hates the Cowboys or that Roger Goodell is trying to screw the Cowboys over or that the fix is in or anything like that. If there was ever a day that I was willing to entertain that argument, though, Tony, Catalina, it was today. Our first loser, referees. I just cannot. I mean, some of these penalties today were substantiated, were justified. You know, no, no, nobody here is saying that the Cowboys are a flawless team. They're infallible. They can never be wrong. But this was ridiculous what we saw today. I mean, at this, I don't have, you know, everything in front of me, obviously, as normal. But what was it, like 156 penalty yards against the Cowboys? That's just ridiculous. It's, it's insane, and it's been a, a season-long problem, if we're being honest with you. The refs league-wide have been an issue, but you just – and maybe like you mention all the time, maybe because we're so tuned in and so locked into the Cowboys, we see it from a different lens. But at the same time, it's just like – some of it just gets ridiculous, and then you get to a point when you're watching these games where you just throw your hands up, and you're like – I mean, I was – the Anthony Brown penalty that, that sealed the game, I'm just like – Another one, like, are you serious? That, that one, I'm, I'm, that one, I'm fine with though. Like, I, I don't have an issue in a vacuum. Like, if you show me that play, you don't tell me anything else about the situation at the moment. I'm fine acknowledging that that's a penalty, but it's the like, it's the addition of everything. It's the like, the attrition of the whole game that just kind of makes you feel at that point like this is getting ridiculous. Even though that one, I think we all would acknowledge is legitimately pass interference. But there was a lot of other ones where it's like, hey. You know, Anthony Brown's going to be the, the face of all this, Tony. And in fact, I mean, well, we might as well go ahead and do it. Loser, Anthony Brown. I mean, if you have four defensive pass interference penalties, I mean, you're going to be on the losers list. Um, I, it, he's not the reason the Cowboys lost this game. But yeah, man, I mean, like, it's it's tough. This one, this one hurts me to my soul because I've been Anthony Brown's like biggest supporter since, you know, week two. And sometimes you just got to take your licks. And and that's what he did. I had remnants of, of week one where he just couldn't get out of his way and everything he did you thought was right was wrong. And, you know, it's like you said, four defensive pass interferences in a game is like, it's almost borderline impressive to be that (laughs) inefficient, you know? So it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. I've referenced this before. Um, have you ever seen Tony the um, the Factor of Sadness video of the the Cleveland Browns fan yelling at the stadium? In case anybody hasn't seen it, it's from like 2007. There's a Browns fan yelling at the stadium, just like upset that the team has lost again. Uh, and he has a line that I just find to be so powerful. He says, "Do you realize that it is actually statistically harder to be this consistently bad than it is for you to sometimes accidentally, occasionally?" be good and that's kind of what you're saying like it's impressive like in in the world of like unpredictability that anthony brown could have this like unicorn of an awful game uh we go now and tony to our next super chatter lonnie hardy thank you very much uh shout out to you says i hate blaming refs we went three and out more than these last two games without coop our running game isn't impactful our offense is pitiful don't help defense to be very clear lonnie first of all thank you for the super chat tony and i agree we're not sitting here saying the cowboys were screwed the cowboys got robbed you know the referee stole this one from the cowboys it's just a frustrating thing it's not even a cherry on top it's like 
Uh, it's like when you're a little kid and you get a present, you can't rip it out of the plastic. It's that hard, like jaws of life. Um, but yeah, you know what, Tony, you, you know, I, I haven't wanted to say this out loud, but I mean, I feel like we have to now in the interest of full honesty, I am worried that, you know, forever since October 22nd, 2018, I can tell you the day because that was the day that the Dallas Cowboys traded for Amari Cooper. Since that moment, people have said, well, Dak's only good because the Cowboys traded for Amari Cooper. Amari unlocked this offense. And Dak Prescott had a phenomenal fourth quarter. He missed Noah Brown late, obviously, in overtime. And everybody's going to talk about that for the next seven days. But that argument has life. That without Amari Cooper, this offense is nothing. And I don't know that I fully was willing to buy that. Are you willing to buy that at all? There's some validity validity to the fact that, you know, the Cowboys are just overall better with the silent assassin. You know, Amari Cooper isn't flashy. He just does his job. And at the end of the day, with Dak Prescott and them connecting, the team is definitely better. I mean, the be- if you if his product on the field wasn't, you know, enough for you to be like Amari Cooper is one of the elite wide receivers in the league. Look at how the offense looked without him. I mean, then you throw in the fact that CeeDee Lamb isn't out there. And then it's like, now, now, Dak, what are you going to do? Now you're going to go be a legitimate magician, you know? And even there was like a drive or two where it looked like said, said Wilson was out. And now you got Simi Fajoko out there with Malik Turner. And it's like, good luck, man. Good luck. Um, it's that's a hard pill to swallow, I think, because we're all so team Dak. We want it to be where Dak can be great, you know, regardless of who's around him. Uh, but you know, shocker alert, even great quarterbacks are better with great players around them. And that's just, you know, it's a tough thing to take. Donnie has a comment here in our YouTube stream said, RJ, this team was supposed to have quality depth at wide receivers. This is a great point, Tony. Missed drops, it's becoming a theme. I am sorry, but that's not quality depth. Remember, Tony. We'll trade Michael Gallup. Trade Michael Gallup for Stephon Gilmore. Trade, you know, Amari Cooper, and we're going to re-sign Michael Gallup in the offseason. We have all – we look at our topic. we got Amari Cooper. we got Michael Gallup. we got CeeDee Lamb. we even got Cedric Wilson, you know. And don't forget about that Noah Brown hive and everybody that was all pumped about Simi Fajoko after the draft with all the athletic comps to DK Metcalf and whatnot. It's, it's you know, it's fair to say. It's a great point from Donnie that they don't have depth and they're banged up. They're missing Amari and CD. But if you're going to be a team with depth, then you got to have that depth show up. And, you know, they were really fortunate in that department that they were able to have success without Michael Gallup early on this season. But now it's starting to rear its ugly head. I think any team in the league, it doesn't matter who you are, are going to be in a bind if you're missing your top two wide receivers. I mean, with two such different styles, the way Amari Cooper plays, he's, you know, like we just mentioned, Dak's, you know, safety valve. He's Dak, like, trust. And then CD is the big playability. And you finally get Michael Gallup back. But it's it's easy for defenses to key on Michael Gallup and say, let anybody else beat us in the passing game. So it's it, – it's, t- it's just tough to do. I mean, watch. And you know what's going to happen, right? The, the offense is going to start to look good next week when Amari Cooper's back and C.D. Lamb's back. And you're like, where's this been? It's like it's been on the bench. Um, I want to transition to a different subject, Tony, one that I have been passionate about before. Um, I would like our live commenters to let us know what they would do if they were in charge of the Dallas Cowboys. Christopher Lopez brings up question. Will Dallas cut the kicker tomorrow? He has cost the team two games. Ocho, uh, that's both me and my son now. Uh, but, um, okay, so what are you doing if you're watching us live? If you're listening after the fact, Tony's on Twitter at Tony underscore Catalina. I'm on Twitter at RJOcho. Let us know your thoughts on Greg Zerline. Uh, Tony, Greg Zerline has played uh, nine games this season for the Dallas Cowboys. Just talking about this season. He has missed a kick of some variety in four of them. And everybody had issues, at least what I saw, 
on Twitter with uh, the Cowboys taking the extra point off the board and going for two. I want to be very clear, Tony, I think you agree. That's the right call. Even, I, even though you're taking the point off the board, you go for two if you get that short field. Do you agree? 100%. They've done it before, and I liked right. it both times. Okay, now the play call, awful. Trash, Basuda. Nobody's down. Why are you pitching it back five yards? We can sit here. We can debate that till we're blue in the face. But that's the right decision. If you want to be pissed at Greg Zorline, I don't think you should even be pissed at him for the 59-yard juggle attempt. Like, that's a hard kick. I mean, you know, and I know you're going to say, like, he should, he should, he's paid millions of dollars. He should make that kick, whatever. Fine, if you want to go that route. I'm not going to go there right now. Uh, I am going to go to McDonald's later, Tony, if they're open and get a 20-piece McNugget. I'm looking forward to it. But um, the extra point, that's where this was lost. If you want if you want to play, you know, uh, Truman Show and look back at the tiny little details, the extra point cost the Cowboys that Greg's on this. And Tony Romo said it on the broadcast. That's the kind of thing that's going to show up and it's going to change the math of this game. And Greg's Zorline, to the point, to the comment from Chris Lopez, you can make an argument that they lost the game in Tampa because of him as well. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to lean on something that I think Aiden, our good friend Aiden Davis might be able to help us with. But when it, when I see Greg's online kick, I'm not necessarily worried about like game winners or game tying situations or even kicks in distance where I struggle with. Or maybe it's and I don't want to say it's like a lack of focus, but it seems like the mundane routine kicks. It's just like, oh, oh let this one slip. You know, I'm going to miss this 33 yarder in the middle of the first quarter. That doesn't seem like a rare. It's ugly head. But then I'm going to go and drill the 45 yarder with pressure on me. So it's like. And like you said, they add up these, you know, Tampa Bay game. You can directly correlate points missed to, you know, losing a football game. This situation, it changed the math, like you mentioned. So it's 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 so crazy to me. And it it's just you got to You can't leave these points on the board. And like you said, missing a kick of some variety in four out of the nine games is is crazy. I, and that's just this season. I mean, he has missed kicks in something like, and I'll, I'll tweet it out later, something like 40, 45% of games that he has played with the Dallas Cowboys, like a kick in, in some kind. Um, now, I agree with this point from Kevin, and I want to now talk about the coaching staff. And I know people have a lot of thoughts, but Kevin brings up on the YouTube side of things. By the way, my computer is balancing on our steering wheel. So let's just hope nothing crazy happens because it's already wobbled a little bit, but uh, Kevin says, why do you attempt a 59 yard field goal when the kicker has already missed an extra point? Great point here, Kevin. Great job. Cowboys coaching staff, Tony, I'm going to say it. And actually I want to know if you're watching us, do you agree or disagree with the statement that I am saying right now? This was the worst game of the season for the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff. Tony, I'll take your thoughts. Everybody, your thoughts in the comments. It's, it's tough to, to say no. I mean, at this point we're talking about, you know, Dak's like, oh, we're now we got to take it out on somebody. We weren't physical. They had the, they. This was the first game that I saw, at least you know where they the words didn't match the actions, right? When they got mad after the Denver mm. game, they took it out on Atlanta. Then they come back and they say it. Now you just sound like lip service, and it starts with the coaching, right? You know, this dirt. Yes, it's a short answer. Yes, this is a tough pill to swallow. This is a game that absolutely should have been won. This was a W that they took. You know, they they took what a it's just tough pill to swallow. Yes, the coaching staff had a had a rough day. So Noah says disagree here, and this is why I feel this way. And we have some comments that I want to kind of expand on a little bit too. Again, assuming this car studio allows it. Um, what the hell was the offensive line rotation early on? So the Cowboys decide at like a moment's notice to start. To, and let, here's the other thing, Tony. Uh, I see a comment here, by the way. Uh, let me find out who it's from. From FKit Crutch. We'll get to your, your comment about Kellen Moore uh, being figured out. 
But we can also now, Tony, read these tea leaves from the Cowboys. If they're gassing some dude up, man, it looks good. He's trending towards playing. We're feeling really optimistic. Don't count on him. They did it with Dak Prescott in Minnesota. They did it with Tyron Smith last week in Kansas City. And they did it with CeeDee Lamb right now. That's their move. I'm still Team Mike McCarthy, especially as it relates to the Kellen Moore take. However, McCarthy, dude, respect on everything you're doing. But this whole like, oh, I'm going to say one thing and then do the other only worked against Mike Zimmer because he is one of those crotchety old NFL head coaches who refuses to adapt. Nobody's buying all this stuff. People aren't saying, well, I guess we got to prepare for CeeDee Lamb and no other possibility now. It's not working that way. And so, you know, in the same sense, Tony, Cowboys say all week long, Tyron Smith's back, Lyle Collins going to be right tackle. Boom, carpet pulled out from us. Terrence Steele starting a right tackle. What the hell are you doing? Okay, cool, fine. Terrence Steele's right tackle. Let's move on. Let's prosper. Third series of the game. Wait a minute. Lyle Collins is in. And not only Tony is Lyle Collins in, but now Connor Williams is in at left guard. What the hell was that? I would love some clarity on it because I haven't seen anything like that since I was watching like some college SEC football where, you know, they're rotating offensive linemen. You don't see that in the NFL for no reason. Well, you don't, you're not doing offensive line, line changes. This isn't hockey. It didn't make any yeah. sense to me. Change it up. Like uh, Michelle, was it Michelle McKay said uh, in Mighty Ducks too, I think. But Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, I mean, like, it's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, Especially like McCarthy has said things that I think he regrets. I think he regrets last year saying you can't kick Zach Martin out to right tackle if this isn't fantasy football, whatever. That has really come back to bite him because now he's even doing this in the middle of games. And I know people were talking about Joe Philbin missed the game as part of as part of the COVID protocols, Cowboys offensive line coach, but that that just that's indefensible to me. It's it, I mean it really is indefensible when you're preaching all this continuity. You're on a short week. Like if you want to do that, you know, coming out off your bye, I still think it's really dumb. But on a short week of all times, when Tyron is back, like why would you purposefully, uh, you know, impact your offensive line composition? They preach continuity all season. You know, Terrence Steele is going to play right tackle for the sake of continuity. We're keeping everything the same. And, you know, poor Joe Philbin probably sick at home, going through the process, isolating, watching the game, going, what are they doing? You know, why, why are we switching guards and tackles in and out like this? And, I mean, to me, the continuity thing is what they've been saying all year. It's why I said, okay, we can justify this move. But mid-game, different drives, you're taking Terrence Steele out, you're putting Lyle Collins in, you know, Last week, Connor Williams gets one fullback snap. It's just like what it. I need clarity on that. I know they're going to speak, and they're probably speaking now. I just want to know why. There isn't a why. There isn't a why that's going to satisfy us, especially because you know the house is on fire right now. Is that a Coca Cola we're we're going with Tony right now? Washing down the meal. All right, respect. Um, JJ, uh, the mind. Thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate you. He says we don't need to sugarcoat it anymore. We are overrated, and I'm sick of it now. The game has broke me, broken me as a football fan as this has never happened. JJ, respect, this has happened. I mean, like, welcome to Dallas Cowboys football. Welcome to the rise and the fall. Uh, so, you know, we're all going to, you know, not not trying to brag. My wife and I thought this might come. We decorated for Christmas last weekend. So we get to go home to an already decorated house. No big deal. But everybody's going to be doing it this weekend, Tony, pissed off. You're going to be, you know, wrapping the, the tree with the, the little, you know, ropes that shed all the stuff. You know what I mean? You're going to be, you know, putting stuff away, yeah. taking all the bins out and everything. And we're going to be pissed because of this. Um, so, you know, but this is pretty normal for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, we have a lot of comments like this, Tony. Uh, I'm going to pull up FK Crutches here. It says, worst game for Kellen Moore. He is figured out. I want to be very clear. 
I am not bragging about this. I am not like doing victory laps. I think that's stupid when supposed Cowboys fans come in that were not big Dak Prescott fans and are like, where's Dak now? It's like, you root for this team. You know, like his, your, your happiness is directly tied to his success. So I don't know why they, they take victory laps over Dak having four moments. I did, though, however, think, Tony, that it was silly that people were saying, you know, months, two months ago, you know, at the end of the season, just fire Mike McCarthy. Just promote Kellen Moore. Just promote Kellen Moore. He's got it. He's figured it out. Boy wonder, boy genius. He's going to – imagine if the Bears want him or whoever wants him. I mean, you know, we have to keep Kellen Moore. I don't believe Kellen Moore is done. Kellen Moore is cooked. Kellen Moore is whatever. But Kellen Moore is far from this, you know, wise, innovative, elite mind that he looked like a month, six weeks ago. He looks like an average at best NFL offensive coordinator right now. We're seeing some of the least creative Cowboys offenses right now. Granted, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb were out today. Yeah, and it's almost like you don't like we don't need to speak in absolutes, right? There's no point in being, you know, because he looks good, the offense is clicking. It's like Kellen Moore has to be the head coach. He's gone. This is his last season. And then you come in this year and you get the same people saying, he's got to get out of here. There's no way Kellen Moore, you know, he's figured out. It's, you know, it's almost like water finds its level. You know, sometimes I feel like much like a player, a coach kind of gets in a rhythm. You know what I mean? You're kind of firing on all cylinders. Sometimes you're making the right calls. You got the nice, the right play drawn up. Right now, it's just not going for him that way. You know, early in the season, it seemed like he couldn't go wrong. Right now, it seems like he can't go right. So I'm looking for the comment a minute ago. I do see that we've had to block some people here. Guys, be cool. It's Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Like, there's no need, you know, to, um, you know, not be great. Uh, Survivor 722 Gaming. I have not seen this week's episode of Survivor yet, by the way. Obviously, it was kind of busy on Wednesday. Uh, it says, loser mentality attitude that we can keep losing games to the AFC. I'll own that. I did not think, you know, and I was trying to be optimistic. I thought, hey, you know what? These were, you know, and, and I thought what Dak Prescott said this week, Tony, about how the Broncos and Chiefs losses were kind of different. I thought that made sense. This one doesn't have anything. You can't explain this away in, away in any kind of way, shape, or form. This team came on the road on a short week to your house and owned you. Yes, there were some wonky penalties and things that we did not like to see. Uh, but, I mean, they, they owned you. You got, like, th this is the game that will make Derek Carr. Like, Derek, Derek Carr will stay, like, in conversations as, like, a legit elite franchise quarterback off of this game. And it will be, and I said this after the Broncos lost, Raiders fans will be like, man, if we, he just needs to play the way he did against Dallas. Like like the Cowboys are, you know, they made him. They made, they gave Derek Carr life. And good for Derek Carr. I mean, you know, he had a great game, but I, I don't think he's as good as this game presents. Um, I'm looking for another comment, Tony. This was about uh, Mike McCarthy, because I do think that the disposition of the team needs to be challenged, needs to be discussed. Um, I Oh, here we go. So I was going to say with regards to Kellen Moore, my favorite quote of his over this season, and I know it's yours too, Tony, has been when he said that their mentality, their disposition has been to aggressively attack what opposing defenses give them. We have not seen that. We saw conservative run on first downs, run on second downs. We saw multiple fourth and threes that Cowboys should have gone for. I know not every level of analytics necessarily supported that, like in spades. Um, and we saw them attempt a 59-yard field goal. We saw them be really, really, really conservative. So Miguel Garcia asks on YouTube, can we talk about the Mike McCarthy aggressiveness? People complain when he does go on fourth down aggressively, we win games. He did not go against uh, today or against Kansas City. We've seen the Cowboys kind of turtle up, Tony, and they're losing games because of it. You know, I, 
I think there's merit to that statement, but at the same time, these games, sometimes the situations dictate how you call them. You know, not every game is going to come with, you know, that specific situation. You know, you get down in certain games and you play catch up and it, and it does give you a little more of a, a head scratcher of why they keep running to a brick wall on first down and, you know, showing, throwing short outs on second down. And then now you're in third distance. And, but yeah, it's the aggressiveness is who Mike McCarthy is. I think that's what they've shown. And, um, but at the same time, you can't force those type of situations. And we already know what he's going to do in fourth and short. They get to midfield. They start thinking about it. And they've won by they've lived by it and they've died by, died by it a few times this year. So um, just because it hasn't happened the last two games doesn't really change his philosophy. You know, late in the game on third and 10 near the red zone, Cowboys purposefully dump it down, check it down, however you want to term it. I have not seen that. And again, they're without Amari Cooper. They're without CDM. I don't care. Find a way. And I see a take here from Brody Helmick on the YouTube side of things, Tony, that says Dak Prescott did really good this game and was the only reason we were even close to winning the defense. And Greg is the reason we lost. Brody, I don't I don't disagree with you. Um, but if I had to say, Tony, the only reason the Cowboys were even close to winning, I would say it was Tony Pollard. I don't think it was Dak Prescott. I think Dak, as much as I love him and as much as you love him, I, don't, I wouldn't say he put lipstick on a pig in the fourth quarter. He had an incredible fourth quarter. He, I mean, the, the touchdown to Dalton Schultz was amazing. But Dak came alive too late. Dak had to be there from, from the jump, and he wasn't. But Tony Pollard was. The game would have been even different if they came out of the half like that, right? I mean, right. If, if he didn't even – he didn't play a complete football. He didn't play a complete half of game of football. But you said he came alive in the last few drives. And if he did that, maybe halfway through the third quarter, we're probably talking a different game. And, yeah, Tony Pollard was the spark, and they definitely didn't make the mistake of kicking to him again. Um, they did do it one time, but nothing came out of that. But it's – he's a spark. I mean, he, he's he's aggressive. He's fast. He's different. And, you know, Zeke and him are a hell – a hell of a compliment together, but you know, Tony Paul just brings some juice. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year, at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The frustrating thing about this loss, Tony, is again, it feels like, it feels like they had control or, or they should have had control. It feels like they, they made decisions to, to weaken themselves, like not being aggressive, like, you know, I, I mean, I, I guess, you know, their, their whole offensive game plan was so shy. I mean, they, they allowed the game to get as dramatic as it became. And it was fun and it was thrilling and it would have been awesome if they had won. We'd be sitting here, we'd be celebrating. But 
they made this bet and now they have to line it. And they made this bet knowing what a loss would mean. Yes, you've lost three games to AFC teams, blah, blah, blah. They're non-consequential. Too bad. At this point, the, the Raiders, Tony, are six and five. You're one game better than that trash team. Like that's that's where you're at now. And we talked about it. You are you have I wouldn't say blown, but you have significantly hindered your possibilities to do something special with the advantage of better seating in the playoffs, assuming you get there as a division winner. Because now, as annoying as it's going to be to all of us, Tony, it's fair to say, well, the Eagles are swirling right now. Even the Washington football team, I don't think they're a good team, but they have two games left against the Cowboys. They have a lot of control in their hands. And so those conversations are fair right now. And that's what they allowed for this mess to happen. And that's why we're pissed off. You are what your record says you are. You, you, this is what they've been. I mean, regardless of what we thought they were, you know, a month ago, this is who they are right now. Now you could say reinforcements are coming. You can say that they're getting a lot of players back. But is that frustrating right now, though? Like, like, is that will that upset you this week? You know, and it's a weird week because now everybody, you know, just so you know, football speaks coming out tomorrow. Cowboys going to say it's Monday. You know what I mean? And on Saturday it's Tuesday because they're going Thursday to Thursday. That will. I'm, I'm going to be honest, that will upset me. If you're just like, well, you know, we're going to get everybody back. Okay, cool. What if, what if they're out in the wild card round? What if they're on the divisional round? Like this, you can't, you can't use those as crutches. hundred percent. Like, and, and that's almost kind of like the last little hope I have, right? It's like, you know, okay, they're not at full strength. They're not even close to full strength. And when these guys come back, maybe that's the hope. And when they come back, they come out flat again. And then now, then I got to find some new like straw to grasp at and like, you know, and, and find some hope in it. But it's it's good yeah it will annoy me too when they do that whole you know everyone's coming back everyone's coming back and it's like yeah but there's opportunities you played poor teams and now i don't feel really confident against anybody because you know the broncos should have been a win this week should have been a win and now when they play anybody we'd be like well we got to come out on firing because it doesn't matter who we play if we're not playing our game so i'm about to ask a very difficult question what is the the, the word exposed has been used a lot. Kellen Moore has been exposed. You know, the Cowboys have been exposed. If you have to, I'm going to ask you in a minute, Tony, but I'm also talking to you, our loyal listener, our loyal viewer, wherever you are. If you're watching live, obviously, we'd love to hear in the comments. Again, if you're not, you can let us know on Twitter afterwards. If you had to pick the thing that has been the most exposed when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys this season, what is your answer? Now, I go to a super chat from Lonnie Hardy. Thank you very much, Lonnie. He says, digs equally got exposed like Brown. Again, Anthony Brown, the four DPIs. But we knew that about Anthony Brown. We, we, you know, he's, that's who he is. I mean, he's not like that penalty guy, but he's he's an average corner. And sometimes average corners are going to have awful days. Uh, but uh, Lonnie's comment continues. Reality is, if I told you those two DBs have 12 interceptions together, we would think they are good. But Diggs kills us too. Tony, if I have to pick one thing, one narrative that has been the most exposed, that has had the most air let out of the balloon, it's that Trayvon Diggs is an elite cornerback. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to me, it's not my my take. I mean, that's pretty – I mean, that's a, that's a take there, you know. And I mean, me, do, do you think he's an elite cornerback? Or I mean, he's a, he's a very unique corner. Like, that's – you know, like yeah. I, you have to give him his credit. But he's he's – you know, during the streak, there were all these like digs, island, you know, things like that. That is not it. That's that's not what we're dealing with here. I just, much like this team, he's come down to earth. He's come back down to earth a little bit, right? I mean, I think he was playing at a crazy level. You know, he was 
I mean, he was opportunistic. He was finding ways to get around the football. And I think it's kind of just, you know, like I say, the, you know, the water finds its level and, you know, maybe this is more indicative of a more consistent digs level that we're going to see. And, and, you know, that doesn't sound as exciting and it won't sell jerseys, but it is what it is. Well, they already sold the jerseys. You know what I mean? They, they already got the, they were on back order. Um, and so, you know, they got them. Now I agree with this take from Aaron says Diggs is an elite athlete still learning to play corner. Yeah. I think if, if there's anything that is like fair to say that is fair to Diggs too, it's that we crowned him too early. Like he might still ultimately be deserving of a crown, but, and how could we not? I mean, you know what I mean? Like he had, he was doing, you know, all these interceptions, et cetera, blah, blah. Uh, but Trayvon Diggs has been exposed. Kellen Moore has been exposed. Who was going to be your answer, Tony? I don't have a single player. I want to say the defensive mentality has been exposed. I thought that, you know, when Dan, you know, when Dan Quinn came in here and I, I, me personally was on record saying, I love the way J Ron curse plays. He's physical. He's kind of embodiment of what Dan Quinn's trying to bring into this defense. And, and it's now we're, we're kind of a type of team that if, if things aren't perfect or if they don't get rolling, like immediately, they 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 kind of shy up it's you know what i mean things have to against atlanta they got the ball first they go and score a touchdown yeah, they, they never they look need back to, they need to be the big brother in the wrestling match that's that's who they need to be immediately from the jump you know first kickoff things got to be clicking they go three and out then you know they maybe they give up three or seven on the next drive and now they're like oh man like we're, we're not the big bad cowboys right now like we can be had and then it just turns into a snowball effect and that's not a sign of somebody who is a tough and rugged mentally or you know they're gonna oppose their will they just aren't that and i really did think they were that or at least becoming that and and i was wrong yeah i mean that's the, the only dude who is that is Micah Parsons. He's the only dude who, I mean, like, man alive. He And that's why that last Dukes penalty was so deflating because it, it felt like Micah was going to will that win into existence. Um, Tony, I see this question, um, and I know people are going to have some thoughts. I'll ask it to you. Are the Cowboys paper tigers? I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, uh, it means like like front runners, like pretenders, like a like a like a tiger that's made out of paper, like a not okay. actual, you know, ferocious, gonna kill you thing. Like it's you know, it, it's a it's a it's a fraud. I guess is a better way to put it. Yeah, a lot of people thought the Denver Nuggets were paper tigers a few years ago when they were running the West. So just to kind of give you some comparison. Fair enough. Uh, you know, um, it's hard to say they're not at this point, right? They've um they're not as good as that winning streak and I don't think they're as bad as they're playing now but you know between injury and circumstance and whatever the case may be I don't think they're as good as we thought they were and that's a really Mm. hard thing for me to say I mean you are what your record says you are they you know lost two out of the last three games and they haven't lost three out of the last four like three out of the last four yeah if we go back yeah exactly you go for and it's like and against, like you said, AFC opponent. So if you want to go to the Super Bowl, you're going to have to beat an AFC opponent. So, I mean, so they are what their record says they are, and they're a 7-4 and four team, and they're one game better than the team they just lost to. So, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think anybody in the league right now doesn't think they could come in and beat the Dallas Cowboys. Donnie King, uh, Donnie, I love you, but I, I just have a problem with this comment. Donnie says, I do not think they're Pippa Tigers. If they can get it together, every team has their crappy games. Like take for example, the Packers lost thirty-eight to three. Yes, that's true. However, 
they are having a lot of crappy games. They're not just having crappy games. They're having crappy performances. They're making crappy decisions. They're crapping all over themselves by shuffling their offensive line for no reason. They are, you know, like we said, it, again, it was some, somewhat easy to explain the Broncos' loss. They got overconfident. They bought themselves. They were humbled. They came out. They destroyed Atlanta. Cool. We believe you. Then, hey, again, you went to Arrowheads, crazy. You know, CD gets hurt. Amari's out. Kind of a surprise, last-minute thing on the COVID list. We're still willing to give you the benefit of the doubt because you've earned it. Maybe may fine. You don't want to go as far as calling them their paper tigers, but they have spent the benefit of the doubt. They're now even. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're not in the red or in the black. They are even push zero right now. They are back to who we have kind of had trust issues with being because it's not just one loss. It's not just like, oh, they got blasted in this one game because they had an off day. It's, man, they lost in this close game against this team that is kind of fraudulent in their own nature that had lost three games in a row that went on the road. And not just three games in a row. Vegas is, I mean, I, I don't want to get into Vegas' off-the-field things, but they have been broken as an NFL team. Two weeks ago, they were embarrassed at home by the, a division rival and kind of kissed goodbye the opportunity to win their division. Last week, they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that they're vying for or vying with for a wild card spot in the AFC. So, like, all their hope had been stripped away, and all they had was what a lot of teams have, Tony. We're going to go to AT&T Stadium. I grew up a Cowboys fan. I want to make a scene. I want to have a big game in front of the whole world on Thanksgiving Day. And they did it. They did it. And so I think they're Cowboys a little bit paper tigers for letting it happen. They got pushed around. It, I mean, is it fair to say they're a little Jekyll and Hyde? Because, you know, at some points the, the offense looks amazing and then they come down to earth. The defense last week, oh, the defense is keeping the offense in it against Kansas City. And then this year they get 30 pieced up against by the Raiders and Derek Carr and, you know, Zay Jones. You know what I mean? They made Hunter Renthro look like a, a star out there. And it's just like, it, it was just, it's just tough that you can't get a beat on this team. Like, can you sit here, RJ, and confidently say, I know what this team is about. I know what they're going to do week to week. There's no consistency. Like, can you consistently call out this team? Well, I could. I could say, and it was more than I could say they're going to win. It was, I could say they're going to come out. They're going to be aggressive. You know, they're, they're, they're going to control what they can control. They're going to put all of the game in Dak Prescott's hands. And Dak Prescott's going to make some great plays, and he's going to put them in position to win. And somehow, some way, they're going to find a way to wheel some turnovers into existence. Granted, that's a bit of a fluky thing. They're not that anymore. And again, kudos to Dak for having an incredible fourth quarter. But that's not enough, dude. Dak has had one great quarter in his last two games. You know, and I know everybody wants to dance on on the contract. He's being paid $40 million a year. And I think that's stupid. But I think that's a fair thing to say right now. I mean, you know, you, you want – and to be very clear, I completely believe that Dak is the guy, the dude, that guy, however you want to put it. I know you agree, Tony. If you're going to be that guy, then you got to own up. You got to be, and, and you can't say, man, Amari's out, CD's out, whatever. Not, you got to be the guy. You got to be the reason because this team found a way when you were out and they shocked us all by doing that. I mean, and, and think about that. That's one of their two wins in, in their last five games. You got the Vikings win and you got the Falcons win, obviously. Their last like sound win, uh, you know, that wasn't against a trash team was New England. That was a long time ago. You were at that game. That was their last sound win as a complete total starting cast together. And we are so we, we've kind of slowly withered away from that point to now here we are after Thanksgiving night. It, it's crazy. And you know, what like you said, Dak Prescott, it's it's amazing to me to look at this team over the last month and say, this team beat Minnesota with Cooper Rush, but they can't beat the Denver Broncos. They can't even like score on the Denver Broncos. Never and then never mind that. They 
they, you know, you go and you lose to Las Vegas, and you know, and to me, I, I love the tradition of Thanksgiving. I love being able to watch the games on Thanksgiving. But you, you know, you're getting the team's best every week. Like you said, Derek Carr's got his whole family there. Everybody's there, so you already know you got a big target on your back. So if you're not coming out playing your best ball, and yeah, Dak, he got paid all this money, and he's gonna have retractors, and I think he's worth every penny of it. To be honest with you, because he's a leader, he's a cultural guy, and all those things. But like you said, not everything is gonna be perfect. Not everything's gonna be handed on a silver platter. You gotta find a way to just get gritty and find a way to win football games, even when they don't look great or they don't, you know, they're not pretty. And this is one of those situations. Like if we came out of this game with a W, we would still have a lot to talk about, but it'd feel a lot better at eight and three than seven, four. Tony, I mean, they got burned by Deshaun Jackson. That was the most, like if, if you had asked us to like predict the worst possible things that could happen like from a, a narrative standpoint you know i use that word a lot but that's because that's what it is predict predict the things that could make you feel the worst deshaun jackson housing one on them would have been in my top three answers and it happened and it not only happened it happened right away you know and like that that i mean the vibes were off right there i mean it that i mean there's a question here from a super chatter thank you jamie easily that says um do you think this is a cultural issue I don't think the Cowboys have a culture problem. I think their culture is very strong. I think Mike McCarthy's done a great job with that. I do think that they cannot, they have not shown an ability, certainly as of late, to handle being the hunted because that's who they are. And you can say it's okay. Everybody wants to show up with the Cowboys. Everybody wants to show up on Thanksgiving every year. Think about their Thanksgiving performances. As of, I mean, like recently. Last year, fine. I'll throw out, you know, very large outlier. 2019, they got wrecked by the Buffalo Bills. And that was the Bills kind of coming out party, announcing themselves. They made the playoffs that season. Josh Allen obviously took a big step the next year. 2018, yes, they won against Colt McCoy's Washington football team. So not exactly like a, you know, win worth beating your chest about. 2017, they lost in humiliating fashion to the LA Chargers while they were losing games without Zeke Elliott when he was suspended. 2016, cool, you won. You beat Kirk Cousins' Washington football team. 2015, Romo's last start. You lost to the Panthers after everybody crowned you when you beat the Dolphins and you were favorites over that, you know, undefeated Carolina team. 2014, you lost to the Eagles led by Mark Sanchez. Like, it is kind of a cultural thing. Call it the country club thing that people love to refer to when it comes to the Cowboys. They fold in this window because this is when a lot of teams get up because it is Thanksgiving, the stage, and all that stuff. And that It just comes with the territory when you're the Cowboys, right? I It, it blows my mind that you know, seriously, because I know they admitted that they look past the Denver Broncos, but it blows my mind to be this team, to be this historic franchise, and to ever think that you could just sleepwalk past teams because every team knows they're going to get a nationally televised game. They know they're going to get talked about if they knock down the Cowboys. So at the same time, these how do you not take every single week dead serious like you should? Because at the end of the day, teams are coming and they're gunning for you like you said they're 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 trying to figure out how to be the hunted instead of the hunters and it's and it's kind of and it hasn't looked great in that instance over the last month a couple of quick questions here tony first of all super chat from bill go mets i had an awkward moment here um because i had the car on somebody was waiting for the parking spots i had to turn the lights off super awkward uh, but Bill Gomez, uh, thank you for the super chat. Says, how about playing coverage on third and eighteen? Yeah, how about knowing that Hunter Renfro is going to be open over the middle of the field? But you know, maybe that was a little bit too obvious. Uh, next one um, comes to us from Lonnie Hardy. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Lonnie says, we get ball first versus Kansas City and go three. I think you mean three and out in the comment versus Raiders and go three and out to start. 
The Cowboys, for what it's worth, wanted the ball against Kansas City and went three and out. Dak Prescott missed Michael Gobb. The, the vibes are off then. This game, Vegas won the toss. They deferred, so it wasn't Dallas's choice, but still they did go three and out to start. And then, Tony, they get the ball to start overtime, which they wanted, and they go three and out. And Dak Prescott, that was one of the worst throws of Dak Prescott's season. I mean, he had such a great fourth quarter, and then to have that awful throw to Noah Brown, I mean, it, it was a big reason why they lost the game. Without a doubt. And you, you you watch the playback and you look and it's like, ah, you know, he short hopped it. But if that throw was even 10% better, he's going to, he's going to catch that ball. And, and then the, you know, the drive keeps going and who knows where we're at, but yeah, it's just tough. And it, you know, you know, you look at the drive, like you said, in the fourth quarter, he, he's playing great. He's throwing dots to, you know, Dalton Schultz and he's making throws to Michael Gallup. And then it's, it's like, it's kind of just feels like what this game is or the season's kind of been like, it's like, ah, here's some positive, And then right when you need it, nope, here we go. Here's a, here's a, your hot, your short skipping, you know, your one hopping in a, you know, on the run throw. And it's, it's just a tough, it's tough to see. So um, a few people have said this, Tony, in the comments, F kick crutch. I'll use your says uh, win out against bad teams. Still ain't going to say much. There was a comment that said the Cowboys are going to probably win out. Um, the, the the trouble with this losing streak is okay. Say you do win out. Say you beat New Orleans next week. All right, you're eight and four. Respect. Fine. You get the little mini buy. You go to Washington. You win. Okay, fine. You're nine and four. You go to New York. You win. Fine. You're ten and four. You get Washington at home. You win. You're eleven and four. Then I like. Would you pick them over the Cardinals? I wouldn't. Would you? No. Right. Help. Okay. No. So way. we're not picking them over the Cardinals. And then fine. You go to Philly. You win. Even if you win, you finish twelve and five. I mean, everyone's going to say, okay, cool. You're a Mickey Mouse team. You, you beat, you know, you, you beat these tomato cans to get there. Why should we believe in you? Why should we think you're going to be whoever? Uh, there was a comment here that I wanted to add to this point from looking for it, looking for it, um, looking for it now. Um, let's see here. It's, it's difficult to do this in the car if that isn't obvious. Um, here it is uh, from Rex Morgan says, are we the same old team that we thought we put behind us? That would be how I would feel in the wild. Cause they're not, they're not the one seed anymore. That conversation's over. Any any thought that they would be the one seed is completely gone. Even I think the two seed, um, especially given that they've lost to the Buccaneers, and especially if they lose to the Arizona Cardinals. But if they're the three seed, they're the four seed. They're hosting, I don't know, the Saints or the Vikings in the wild card round. It would feel like, man, I wouldn't be shocked if they lose this game. They they beat all the pretenders and they lose to the contenders. Not that the Raiders are even contenders. It's I'm I look over the schedule and I, and I and I'm not being like facetious when I say this like. I don't look at a game at all that I see on the schedule that I felt extremely confident a couple of weeks ago. And now I'm looking at it and it's like, well, yeah, maybe they could get us, you know, or maybe they can get us, you know, they're, you know, they're going to play tough. And it's just, and now you're looking at a situation where my confidence, you know, as a fan, first and foremost, when I put my fan glasses on, I'm like, I'm legitimately nervous to play Washington football team, which three weeks ago, I've been like, bring them on. We're going to, you know, curb stomp them. But it's, it, I just I'm nervous to play them say, twice in three weeks. They're, they will lose. Anyone will lose one of those games. They're you have to assume because that's fair that they're going to lose one of those two games. Right, and then you and then you know for me, which I thought you know I wasn't saying this, but I thought the division was sewn up, and now you pl playing the math out. It's like okay, we got to go 500, and the Eagles have to win out, and it's just like, are we really playing this game right now? That like we're worried about the NFC East. Um, TJ Kaiser says, I'm about to play Madden franchise mode just to cut Anthony Brown. I don't give a crap what the cap hit is. TJ, hold up. Just wait a little bit. If you haven't bought the game yet, it's going to probably be on sale in a couple hours. You know, that's what happens right after Thanksgiving. Just, you know, uh, heads up right there. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, Cheryl Navaj says we got to start boycotting. I kind of think that's what we're doing, uh, if I'm being honest. I think this is like an act of, of boycotting. Uh, let's see here. Um, Lonnie adds another super chat. Says, Sorry, I'm frustrated. Uh, frustrated. We agree with you, Lonnie. No worries. Uh, Ecuadoramon AOG says we had to win this game. Can I say that now, RJ? Yeah. This, like, the word panic is like a terrifying word, right? You know, people freak out like it's panic. But, like, relatively speaking, it's time to panic. And it's time to panic, Tony, within the context of they are not who we thought they were. They are not the elite team. Maybe they go on a run. It's still, they could still win the Super Bowl. Like, all those things are still technically in front of them. But, but they are clearly flawed in a way that we were not – I don't even want to say not willing to admit because there was no reason to admit it. But they, they were flawed in a way that was, you know, unfortunately something that we've seen over and over and over from them for the last 25, 30 years. You know, maybe this is the homer and the positive thinker in me, but I almost, you know, I'm I'm coming back around, right? The loss is wearing off on me. We're going through therapy here, talking it out. But for me, do you you almost want to get this out now, right? We keep talking about how they're getting healthier, and you like at the same. I don't mean it like you know, we're all of a sudden we're gonna turn it on and be Super Bowl champions, but like at some point, right? This team is either a gonna stay this, and this is gonna be who they are. Or B, they're going to kind of get back to what they were before because we're talking about the schedule is easy or, you know, they should win out. And But at the same time, so if that if the, if Demarcus Lawrence is coming back, Randy Gregory is coming back, you got Amari Cooper, you got C.D. Lamb, we're finally going to have the starting five offensive linemen together, whoever they deem that to be it's at some <laughs> point, you know. <laughs> but so now I'm starting to think, um, like, what could this team do? And it's not really about – how you play in November and November is over now, right? They don't have another game in November. It goes to December. November was a tough month, but can you get hot in December? Can you get hot in January? And, and, and would you be surprised? I mean, maybe you would, but would you be surprised if they start going off some wins, start feeling themselves again, and then they parlay that into, you know, impossible playoff success. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but still. I wouldn't be surprised at all because again, they play some trash teams, but I would, I, I can no longer feel safe about it. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't, I'm doing like they're 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 the hokey pokey. Like I can only have one foot in and one foot out. You know what I mean? Like I cannot be all the way in anymore because they have shown an inability to hold on when they are that team. Now, you know, maybe that changes if they win all these games 43 to 3. Like the Atlanta game kind of calmed our nerves a little bit, but obviously right now that seems unlikely. And and you know, it's they're they're clearly not a team that responds well to pressure. And say what you will about outside pressure. If the Eagles win on Sunday against the New York Giants, they're one game behind them. And, like, I know just speaking for us, I mean, it would be a nightmare to blow this division at this point. We, Tony, we were ordering caps. We were ordering T-shirts. You know, we, we were calling the printing presses back in October. People said when the Eagles hosted the Buccaneers like six weeks ago now, they said, I don't even care. Let the Eagles win because I'm concerned about the top seed. All right, I want that first round by the Eagles. They're not a threat to me. I'm worried about the Buccaneers, the world champions, because that's what I'm coming for if I'm the Dallas Cowboys. That's not who they are. They're pretenders in that sense right now. That's what the last month has justified. You're right. It's one month. But what's to say they're not closer to who they were in November than October in the month of December? You know what I mean? You, you can't just assume like, and I know you're not, but, you know, it's it's tough. Um, let's get to some super chats here. Anthony, thank you very much, says, first off, cut Brown, please. I don't think they'll cut Anthony Brown, which will piss a lot of people off. Uh, but let's not forget all of Dax missed throws, including that third down in overtime. Yeah, we already you know killed Dak for that. Dak had a bad game. Uh, this question's come up a couple of times, Tony. Uh, shout out to Marcus Callaway. 
Uh, do you think Zeke is wearing the right cleats? Are you a, a cleat aficionado? Could you speak to this, Tony? I think he may be talking about the way he cuts and, you know, how he's not moving his fluid or whatever, but um, I, don't, I, I don't think that's it. I mean, the, all these cleats are so, like, high-tech and, you know, superior now that it shouldn't be an issue. If it, I, I bet you the knee is probably more of an issue than his cleats are. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, F Kit Crutch, thank you again for the super chats. It's just a bit frustrated. Don't mean to come off bad. And it's okay if you're frustrated. I mean, it's it's okay because this sucks. Uh, JJ, uh, again, the mime says, so you mean to tell me everyone can criticize Dak, but where is the same blame when Brady lost to Washington without his top receivers? I mean, I know you're not like doing this, JJ, but he's Tom Brady. I mean, you know, that's, you know, I, I do think that people, People are like, this is a weird year. People are really quick to criticize Matthew Stafford for the Rams, you know, being bad. Um, Aaron Rodgers was great last week when the Packers lost to the Vikings. I actually think the, the Packers, and I hate to admit this, the, the Packers have the most explainable losses to me of all the contenders. And the Cowboys are kind of in that mix too, because you could kind of explain the Broncos loss, you know, to just like, you know, getting too big for their britches. You could kind of explain the Chiefs loss. You could certainly explain the Bucks loss. Not anymore. Now, like of all of the division leaders, they have the worst quality losses. It blows my mind, you know, because I listened to what you said, and it's just like, yeah, they they've got a little too big for their britches in the Broncos game, and and that kind of now that we see how they are and they've played lately, it that annoys me that they would admit to that because you're not even halfway through a season and you're feeling yourself to the point where you thought you could sleepwalk through a team. Like, I, I'm, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but what have you earned to even have that type of thinking? What, because you're on a little five-game winning streak? Like, you think you can go yeah, and sleep? You beat, you beat the Eagles and the Giants and the Panthers <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, yeah. I mean, it just annoyed me to hear him say that. Like, I'm just – Oh, you thought you were too good to take the Denver Broncos seriously, and the season hasn't looked the same since. That's crazy to me. It was two things. First of all, uh, Dan says here on a Super Chat, start Joseph over Brown. Anthony Brown was awful. I would still not start Kelvin Joseph over him. By the way, that was ridiculous. He got ejected in this game. I mean, but, you know, another part of the ridiculousness, the ridiculousness that was this game from a penalty standpoint. It was two things. Two things got, got the britches, or them too big for the britches, Tony. One, that they won in New England. They won in New England. They beat Bill Belichick, even though it was without Tom Brady. They did it in overtime, walk-off game winner. CD did the bye-bye. You know what I mean? Like, that was a big that – was, that was what the Raiders are feeling right now. That was exactly, you know, how the Raiders are feeling today. The other thing was that they won without Dak Prescott, and we crowned them for that. And because it was fair, we, we said, man, this team has never been able to do this with Dak, with Tony Romo. Without their starting quarterback, they are worthless. They are clearly different than that, but they're not. I mean, it's just the Vikings are trash, or you know, like at times this season. Like, it's, you know, you're right. It's hilarious that they, you know, and I respect that they are honest enough to admit that they, you know, were a little bit cocky against the Broncos. But, yeah, like, what what have you done to, to just feel like you can show up against anybody? It, it's crazy. Like you said, I'm – yeah, the NFL is a weird, it's a weird league. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's all about parody. So going to Minnesota with Cooper Rush, nope, you know, you're playing with house money, you win that game. Fine. You, you know, you walk into Denver thinking you're, you know, you, you, you smell like roses and you go in there and you get curb stomped and you know what I mean? So it's, but this team hasn't won anything. This team hasn't even been to a championship game. And, you know, I'm a, a huge Dak supporter, but 
I just thought that was a strange thing to say. Like we we were feeling ourselves. We were a little. We we thought we could walk in. I'm just like, why? Already, y'all. I mean, you're, you're in year two of a new regime, and you're in a five game winning streak, and this team hasn't earned anything. And we're talking like that. So I'm just like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute here. Have you ever, Tony, seen the movie Twenty One? Yes. About the the MIT students that you mm-hmm. know gamble and stuff. Um, okay, so anyway, it's got um, uh, what is the main actress's name? Um, I, I'm, it's it's escaping me right now. Um, I, whatever. Uh, it's got Kevin Spacey. He plays the professor um, that that teaches them how to how to gamble in the movie. I don't know if you're looking it up, but she's a very famous actress um, who, who who's like the lead in this movie. Uh, and it's the yeah. guy from uh, from across the universe is also in this movie. Uh, but the Kate premise Bosworth. of the movie, Kate Bosworth, thank you. The premise of the movie is kids at MIT um, study how to count cards when it comes to gambling, and they go to Vegas every weekend. They live it up, the 21 year old lifestyle. Um, they count cards and make a lot of money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but they're counting cards. So there's like a strategy to what they're doing. And the main character, the guy that is uh, in Across the Universe, I don't know his name. Uh, but uh, but so he reaches a point where he's like kind of, he's he's liking the lifestyle, Tony. He's into it. They go to Vegas. They're staying at Caesar's Palace. They're, you know, getting bottle service. They're just, you know, they're living large. And so he has an off day and he goes to the, the tables and he's he's no longer counting cards he's just attacking the board he's just going at it and whatever and he loses a bunch of money and the professor comes in and he scolds him and he says what you're doing is no longer playing you are gambling and that's different that's a different emotion right you're no longer being strategic you're just operating completely off of emotion and there was a switch that flipped for the cowboys this season at some point maybe after that vikings game where they were no longer counting cards so to speak and they just started gambling and doing silly things like configuring the formations of their offensive line mid-game i mean the analogy is perfect to me it, it, it makes you know i you, you have a way with words ij you have a future <laughs> but so it's it's right i mean now you say continuity, you switch up the offensive line, you you win a few games, you go in, you don't take the Denver Broncos seriously, you beat Cooper Rush, I mean, you beat the Vikings with Cooper Rush, and now you're like, wow, like, we, we are as good, we're reading, we're, you know, we're drinking our own tea, we're drinking our own Kool-Aid here, it's, and it's, I, I just, as much as we always talk about, like, the mojo moments, and Mike McCarthy, you know, you know, having the sauce for this team and, and saying and doing all the right things. Why, where is the, the conversation to say, guys, we haven't earned anything. We haven't done anything. This is October. This is November. We haven't done a thing. And it's, it's just mind blowing to me. Cause now, you know, fast forward to present day, seven and four, you are what your record says you are. The NFC East is now getting a little hairy, one seed out of the window, two seed, unrealistic now we're just hoping to not get caught in that four seed and and you know now you look at who the eagles are playing and look at your schedule and you don't feel supremely confident like you did before and we're in a totally different mind state moving forward than we were a few weeks ago seven and four sounds so much worse when you remember that they were six and one you know what i mean like that's like when you and and we know they've lost three of their last four but when you say it that way by the way i do see that we have an eagles fan troll big sexy uh What's up, Big Sexy? Uh, in the chat, uh, Big Sexy, your team got manhandled by this team. Didn't even take them to overtime. So let's let's just be very clear about that. Um, but uh, we're all New York Giants fans. Uh, we did, by the way, put Big Sexy in timeout for anybody who is concerned about the well-being of Big Sexy. Um, so, um, Tony, what what do you? I'll ask 
you two final questions and I would like everyone's, you know, this is, this is group therapy. Um, what do you want to hear? Actually, we'll, we'll save that question. What would piss you off to hear? You, you mentioned how you were upset that they came out. They said, we overlooked the Bronx. But what would piss you off that is practical to, to possibly hear from them this, this week, uh, hear from the Cowboys as they try to explain away the loss as they get ready for New Orleans? I, I don't want to hear the cliches. I don't want to come out and hear the coach speak. I don't want to hear just like, you know, going through the motions, like the, the normal stuff. I want to re- I want somebody to come and have some honesty. What is going on? What is in the mindset of this team? What is really the issue here? I want Dak Prescott to go on that podium. And I love Mike Pars- Micah Parsons, like youthfulness, because you feel like he's just so, I'm just going to be me. Like, and I'm going to tell you how it is. And like, I want him to go up there and be like, yeah, I'm a 22-year-old kid. I don't know what this feels like. I'm just going out flying around. So it's, you know, it's. I just want to see some realness. I want these guys to look at themselves in the mirror, and I want them to have some accountability. And I think we're in a pivotal moment in the season because this could really go south or it could get back on track. But right now we are off the rails. I don't want to hear the aggressive hubris that we heard from Mike McCarthy last year, right, that, like, you know, oh, that's fantasy football or oh, whatever. I mean, Mike McCarthy got snipey last year when, when and things things sucked. I don't want to hear that when it comes to explaining the offensive line configuration. I don't want to hear like, well, you know, that that's how, you know, that, that that's how, you know, lead teams do. You know, we, we have a great, we have confidence. Whatever. No, I want to hear you say, we tried it, it didn't work. You know, that's on us. Well, you know, whatever. And, and you can't say anything that's going to feel good about it. But I don't want to hear the hubris and the like, uh, the lashing out. That's what we heard last year when 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 crap hit the fan, so to speak. Uh, we do have a super chat here, by the way. It says thanks for the L from an Eagles fan, uh, Michael McFarland. It's true, uh, Michael, that the Cowboys lost and that that does benefit the Eagles. But what is also true is that you literally gave us your hard-earned money uh, to say that. So we appreciate you supporting the cause, <laughs> blogging the boys. Uh, a universe completely dedicated to, you know, celebrating and rejoicing the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, thank you for helping us keep the lights on, Michael McFarland. You are today's MVP uh, for being a true supporter of a Dallas Cowboys blog. Uh, but um, what, what what do you, to, to flip the question, to end on a positive note, Tony, what, what would you like? I mean, it doesn't have to be something you hear, maybe something you see, maybe, maybe your answer is an Eagles loss. I mean, but what, what do you, what would, what would make the time between now and next Thursday night, hopefully after the Cowboys beat the Saints, better. Well, an Eagles loss wouldn't hurt, right? I love I love when they lose. If they lose every week, I'll be a happy man. But at the same time, I am going to lean to the fact that I really do think some of these reinforcements are coming back. You know, I think Demarcus Lawrence is is he's like a dog on a chain right now. He's ready to get after it, and you know, this slowly but surely. I mean, you know. By all accounts, it seems like C.D. Lamb was cleared to play in this game. They just, you know, they didn't play him, you know, just to help him out. But he'll be back. Amari Cooper's expected to be back. So there are weapons coming around. And if you're going to say, you know, Dak needs, you know, X, Y, and Z to be successful, which I don't think is entirely the truth, it doesn't hurt to have all your horses ready to go. And this may very well be the first time that the offense has all 11 starters on the field. And you know what? I, it, it, right now, it's 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 about as bad as it, as it can get. Right, now. I wouldn't say as bad as it can get, but it, it it looks pretty pretty bad right now. And um, the Saints game, they got to lock in. It's got to be a get right game. And you know, at the same time, we got to get back on track here. I want to hear somebody say 
what you said. I want to hear somebody say, we haven't won anything. You know, like, I, I want to hear somebody say, we were six and one. You know, we we have blown it. We, we, we had a chance to do something. We can still right the ship and steady the waters and figure things out. But we lost some ground. And to be fair, they earned the luxury of ground. They have kind of pissed it all away, so to speak. Uh, but I want to hear that self-accountability. And that, that's what we haven't really heard. I, I think we heard deflection after the Broncos game. Because that, that was like, that was almost blaming like the world, right? Well, y'all gassed us up and we just bought it. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. I want to hear you say that you dropped the ball, that you let the Eagles back into this conversation that you lost the ability to potentially host the NFC Championship game, on and on and on and on. Um, so it is what it is. Um, I think I, I know a lot of you said things like, "I want to see Anthony Brown cut, Greg Zerline cut, etc." That ain't gonna happen. I'm, I'm, you know, hate to hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you know, that's just, you know, it's not gonna happen. So, you know, Tony, any final thoughts? You know, final thought for me is, uh, I we talked about it on a two minute warning podcast. Seven and four was going to give us some content and it's some things we don't want to talk about. There's some tough conversations and we're having them and we're living that reality right now. Um, yeah, that's well said. Uh, well, everybody, thank you for joining us uh, on our post game show. Again, it was a little bit different uh, in terms of setting environment and, and whatnot. Thank you, Tony, for joining us. Tony's on Twitter at Tony underscore Catalina. Go follow him. Great Cowboys takes great Cowboys uh, insider, great podcast host, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, Tony, speaking of Twitter, if anyone has not followed us on Twitter, please do so. We are at Blogging the Boys. And yesterday on Wednesday, prior to my son's birth, we passed, Tony, 100,000 followers on the Blogging the Boys Twitter account. So thank you to everyone who chooses to make us a part of your Cowboys uh, content conception. I do appreciate the congratulations for you all on the birth of our son, my wife and I. Uh, it's been a fun you know, week. Obviously, the Cowboys loss isn't something we wanted to deal with there. Uh, but, uh, it's a time of thanks and Thanksgiving, obviously. So I'm obviously thankful for my son. Thankful for you, Tony. Thankful for all of, uh, our loyal listeners and viewers and readers. I know I speak for everybody at Blog of the Boys. And so, uh, Hey, you know, they'll be back next week, you know? <laughs> so, uh, but this is, this will be a long week, but get the Christmas decorations up. Hopefully you score some deals on the retail side of things. Tony, you buying anything? You, 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 you buying anything? You want to, you know, a game power washer? What's, what's you looking for? You know, I just bought a house not too long ago, so I'm going to be, you know, looking for those house type things. You know, <laughs> all right, everybody, let's let's send Tony on Twitter uh, the links to Keurigs or um, you know anything of the sorts. Maybe let's exactly. get him some smart outlets. Those will change your life. You can just turn lamps on and off of your phone. Uh, I love that. But uh, everybody, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>